Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God for our study this Sunday is found in Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 through 15. Therefore, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to walk in him by being rooted and built up in him and strengthened in the faith just as you were taught, while you overflow in faith with thanksgiving. See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deceit, which are in accord with human tradition, namely the basic principles of the world, but not in accord with Christ. For all the fullness of God's being dwells bodily in Christ, and you have been brought to fullness in him. Christ is the head over every ruler and authority. You were also circumcised in him, with a circumcision not done by human hands, in the putting off of the body of flesh, but in the circumcision of Christ, when you were buried in Christ, with Christ in baptism. And in baptism you were also raised with him through faith, worked by the God who raised Christ from the dead. Even when you were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ by forgiving us all our trespasses. God erased the record of our debt brought against us by his legal demands. This record stood against us, but he took it away by nailing it to the cross. After disarming the ruler and authorities, he made a public display of them by triumphing over them in Christ. This is the word of our Lord. Dear friends in Christ, everybody loves a parade, right? Parades are exciting, especially ones you're a part of. Many of us have had that experience, perhaps in the military, or maybe you were a part of the high school marching band, or you had a chance to ride on the float that you helped build in the homecoming. Or, when I was younger, my parents made bedtime special. We marched to our beds, singing bum, 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 a tradition that I still do with my kids today. Whether your parade is big or small, real or pretend, you are part of a grand celebration. Parades are a natural part of our human culture. When we celebrate something good, we want to show the world. And so, we throw parades for our nation's birthday, for soldiers returning from war, for Thanksgiving. And although, as a fan of everything Detroit, I don't have any recent experience with this, I'm told they still throw parades for winning sports teams. Some of the longest and most inspiring parades in history were staged by the ancient Romans. A general's victory over Rome's enemies would be celebrated with a triumphal procession, starting outside the city and ending at its center. The two most prominent features of that parade were the victors and the losers. The victorious general rode tall and proud, surrounded with as much glory as he could gather, gold, slaves, glistening armor and weapons, and all the spoils of war. Before him, chained and humiliated, walked the captive leaders of his enemies, kings, chieftains, and generals, all who knew that the end of the parade would also mean the end of their lives. It is this bold and graphic image that Paul uses in Colossians chapter 2 to illustrate Christ's power and glory and ultimate victory over Satan, death, sin, and all the evil things of this world. 
This picture of our Lord's triumph also encourages us to stand firm and to mature in our faith, to join with Christ in his victory parade. In the verses preceding our text, St. Paul has been addressing his concern for the Colossian congregation. They are in danger of falling away from the true faith in favor of the fine-sounding arguments of false teachers. He now offers them encouragement to continue boldly in the only true and saving faith, the faith that they received when they first began to walk with Christ. We've already seen the triumphant general in all his glory, but who else marches in that parade? The soldiers. They also walk proudly and boldly in the conqueror's army. Even if he never saw battle, he still shares in the victory and the glory of the power of the conqueror and his army. We too are able to march boldly through our lives when we join Christ in his victory parade. Still, we remember that the basis of our boldness is no victory that we have achieved for ourselves. The basis is Christ, in whom we have root, in whom we are rooted and have our foundation. Let's leave our victory parade for one second and talk about some other pictures that Paul paints for us in our reading. Paul speaks of our faith as having roots. A standard image in old Western movies is that of a harsh, dry tumbleweed blowing across the, the wind, or excuse me, across the empty plains. This image was used to show the uncertain and insecure nature of life on the frontier. But a tumbleweed is really just an ordinary plant that is driven around by the wind. What makes it so different from other plants is that it has no roots. Someone who has no Christian faith or fails to nurture it is a spiritual tumbleweed. He or she is blown about by winds of disappointment and false teaching. But Paul tells us that a believer has roots, deep roots, and they're in rich, firm, life-giving soil, Jesus Christ. The faith that we, by grace, have been given, this anchors us firmly, no matter how sin and Satan might try to uproot us. Paul also pictures Christ as the foundation of our faith. Try to imagine a house built without a foundation. Such a house would have little value and would be flattened in the first storm that crashed in on it. But our life in Christ is built up on a firm, unshaking, and trustworthy Lord. What a great house we've been given, and what a great reason for our hearts to rejoice, to overflow with joy and thankfulness. And that is the last image from Paul of someone who is overflowing with joy. Do you know anyone who really bubbles over when he or she is happy about something? If you do, you know that people like that are not likely to give up or throw away whatever it is that fills them with that joy. If we are overflowing with thankfulness, as Paul says, we will not let go of our faith, but we will strengthen it and will continue to live in Christ, walking with Jesus on the way to eternal life and the glories of heaven. Now let's return to that Roman victory parade. We started with our general, followed by our humiliated enemy, and ended with our proud soldiers. But there are others that are just as involved in that parade. All along the route, the people of the city are rejoicing. They're falling in line with the soldiers, 
They're shouting and singing. You may remember pictures or films of similar scenes in the towns of Belgium and France after D-Day in World War II. The victorious and liberating Allied armies were welcomed with wine, flowers, shouting, and singing. People cheer on a victory parade because they have been given confidence and security. The war is won. The victory is complete. And the peace is final. In similar confidence and security, we Christians can also fall in behind Christ in his victory parade. Look at who he is and what he has done for us. Jesus is not some holy man or model of morality. He is the almighty God made flesh. That's what makes Christmas something worth celebrating. If that baby lying in the manger had grown up to be just another man, there would be no reason to remember him. But that infant came, grew up, and died to save the world from its sins. And since our Savior is the all-powerful God himself, there's nothing incomplete in what he can or has done for us. He has already done what is impossible for us. Jesus has taken away our sins and wiped them out. And incredibly, God has credited all the good things that Jesus did to our account. In Christ, our victor, we have been given fullness. We enjoy the blessed and graceful benefits of his work and his power. He gives us the joy of a right relationship with God. He gives us the certain hope of eternal life, and he even gives us today our daily bread, something Jesus taught us to pray in our gospel today. In Christ, there is no more fear, no more worry, no more threat of death. In Christ, there, since he is above all power and authority, we know that nothing can threaten the, the peace he has gained for us. Our confidence rests secure because Christ's power and authority are God's power and authority. Let's not forget that. If we remember who Christ is and what he has done for us, we will walk steadily in confidence. His victory is complete and our peace and soul security do not depend on anything of this world. His divine power has won them for us. We would be called fools if we as a spectator of this Roman victory parade would go up to the humiliated and chained enemy and give up. Surrender. The invaders have obviously been beaten and disarmed. No matter how fierce they may look, their power is deceptive and the threat from them is empty. Not so obvious, however, is the emptiness of false teaching, of principles of living which deny and destroy Christian faith. And so we must remember who the victor is. As Paul told the Colossians, don't be taken captive. Don't let yourself be fooled into joining the losing side. Scientology, universalism, Oprah's spirituality, are not Christian. Following the moral code of primetime television or Twitter is not the way to please God. The theory of evolution does not explain the world we live in. Astrology, feng shui, wicca, pop psychology are not compatible with God's word. 
Don't follow the hollow and deceptive philosophies. Don't be taken in by them. Those bridges will collapse long before anyone crosses them into heaven, taking anyone on them down to the depths. Picture with me one more group marching in our victory parade. Behind the defeated army and its disgraced leaders, behind the general and his troops, come men with the greatest joy of all. The look on their faces are not that are not of victorious warriors, nor it is the smile of relieved citizens, is the bottomless, thankful joy that comes from being set free. This is a long-desired homecoming. These men were slaves, prisoners of war, hostages, men held captive by the enemy without hope of release, who have now been returned to where they belong. They were as good as dead, but now are alive again. Not only have they been given freedom, but those who enslave them have been stripped of all ability to oppress them ever again. In that same way, we march with Christ in freedom. His victory has set us free, free from the curse of sin, free from the certainty of death, and free from the vicious grip of the devil. How is it that we have been set free from all these things? Again, we find the answer in Christ. Some of the Colossians apparently thought that being circumcised somehow set them free. But Paul tells them that the circumcision they need is not physical, but spiritual. It is our sinful nature that needs to be put off. There is nothing we can do with our hands, feet, mouth, or minds that can cut sin from our lives. Only in Christ can we put off our sinful nature, because only he can declare us free from sin. When the precious, saving water of baptism washed you clean of all your sins, you were placed with Jesus in his tomb and were raised with him through faith. God's life-giving power rolling away the weight of death as surely as it moved the stone that sealed Christ's tomb. Through faith, the certainty of death is exchanged for the certainty of life. And what a difference life makes. We begin our lives dead, dead in our sins. But while our sinful nature still ruled over us, God forgave all our sins. He canceled them out, threw away the record book. We who were dead now live in Christ. Christ, the one who traded his place at the right hand of God for the confines of Mary's womb, who was born in a stable, who was tested in every way just as we are tested, who suffered and died just as we deserve to suffer and die. Jesus was taken down from the cross and buried, but he left something behind on that cross. All our sins. The charges that the law brought against us this insurmountable debt that we owe to our holy and righteous God were nailed to the tree instead of us, and they will never again rise up and condemn us. We, however, will rise up again, just as Jesus did, because God made us alive in Christ. As for those who wish to steal us away from the faith, those who oppose us and oppose Christ, they have been disarmed, chained, and humiliated. 
death, which has held all men in fear since the first man has lost its grip. Sin, which scars and curses us from the moment we come alive in our mother's womb, has been declawed. Satan, who strives and whispers and deceives in, in order to keep us from God, has been stripped away of his vicious accusation. And this is no great secret. Christ did it all for the world to see. He conquered his enemies, our deadly adversaries, and triumphed once and for all in, the death, in his death on the cross. So we don't live in fear of the known or the unknown. Our debts are paid, and our oppressors are in chains. We walk, parade through life as victors, not victims. That's how we live and why we give God our praise and why everything we do, we do to his glory. We don't live as slaves or captives of sin anymore. Thanks to Jesus, we are free, free at last. Thank God Almighty, we are free at last. Amen. Please rise. Let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts, since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. Amen.